I fell into a ring of fire. I fell in. Hello and welcome to Fever FM. I'm Frosty tonight. I'm joined by Helena and Dale, a small ca- small cast of uh, critics today, but I think probably just as much to say. Let's move straight into the men's game because, well, Dale, you were you were absolutely Nostradamus on this one, weren't you? Was I? Yeah. We should go to the game expecting to win that, shouldn't we? I mean, thank you. Yes, but there were, there were two things, right? The first one is you said, but this is also this is the sort of game we lose. And you also said, um, we've been, our numbers have been kind of, we've been playing above our numbers at some stage that's going to come back and bite us. So yes. I'm giving you credit here. You called this. Yes, that's my novice statistician in me. It's in the bloodline. Yeah, right? it was. It, it was. It was. Yeah, I think. Like, I don't think we played particularly badly. I think. Yeah, I think defensively, we're not as at our best of what we've seen previously. And I think you know they took their a couple of good chances, and you know we we didn't take ours. So like when you're playing that kind of efficiency game, you know at some points it's it's not gonna it's not gonna work out for you. And, and it's exactly what happened. Where. Yeah, you know, I thought it was a fairly, fairly even game, um, and even at two 0 going at halftime, I thought, oh yeah, we, we definitely come back from this. I think Newcastle dropped two two goal leads already this season, and then obviously the start of the second half kind of killed it off. But it didn't feel like a three 0 game in my mind. I didn't feel like we got absolutely pumped, um, and we were kind of hanging on. It kind of just felt like they they were clinical and we were not, and that was that was that. I, I want to come back to the the um, the starts, but. Helena, did you kind of see this as, I don't know, this, we didn't play, did you think that we played any worse than we have previously in the season? No, I mean, I think it's like Dale said, like, I mean, to be fair, I mean, for example, I think if you take the first goal as a microcosm of the game, and that's just an extremely clinical, it is just a clinical finish versus kind of the Phoenix getting crosses in Sky, and then like, that's pretty much the story of the season in some ways. Um, and I think, you know, Dale's right. Statistically, you can only ride your luck for so long. And I think, you know, it's something I do wonder is were they also riding the kind of underdog narrative and then this was the first week where everyone was kind of like, hang on, actually let's, let's re- you know, really start to own, like we're top of the league, let's start to own that tag a little bit and then boom. That would be a very next thing to do. We don't wear the favourites tag particularly lightly. Yeah, I mean, the Jets came and were combative and clinical, which is kind of how you, like, nick a point or nick three points on the road. That's what, That, to me, felt like the story of the game, which is interesting as a Knicks fan to be on that side of it. But, you know, to be honest, I think for me it's like credit where credit's due. I thought the Jets were pretty good. Well, they they took their chances. Ruthlessness is its own reward, I guess. Um, Dale, you touched on a point that I really, really wanted to get to. We have been a little bit... Um, we have conceded goals very early in halves, multiple times. This feels very interesting to me, and I don't want to put it down to like, oh, Chiefies take 
team talks put them to sleep or, you know, anything <laughs> stupid like that. But this seems like a, a, it's a bit of a pattern. And could this be down to the youth and inexperience in the side, but a nervous energy? What do you think it's down to? Um, could also just be down to a small sample size. That's stats king. The stats man. <laughs> I think the, the the first goal. It was interesting, like like because we had enough we had enough bodies to deal with. I know they kind of broke down the left, but we still had our two centre backs there, and Kelly Hill coming back against their one strike. I think maybe we were just a bit a bit casual because like the ball got cut back, and like their striker was back to goal, and I think we probably just assumed that's the risk that's the you know the risk is gone now he's back to go and he kind of just he pivoted really well and, and put it on mm. the inside of the post you know like it was actually quite a good finish but I don't I just don't think we were kind of expecting him to attempt that from there um because we kind of got enough people people back but no one really got that final sort of really close close block so maybe it was just a, a little bit of, of casualness whereas in previous you know games you know, would have snuffed that out long long time ago so yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's anything in particular. Um, I know, you know, last year we started halves, had started games really well and scored, you know, the first goal quite a few times. Um, you know, this game we didn't, I think, was it the Brisbane game we conceded in the first minute, didn't we? And we, we ended mm-hmm. up overturning that. But I don't know if there's anything in per, any sort of particular that that is leading to that. But H, you you know, you still uh, have a pair of football boots that's seen mud in the last couple of years. Um is this is that the sort of thing that you would find concerning, uh, conceding early? And I mean, I, I don't know if it's half the goals this season, but it's certainly. It's an interesting one, right? Because there's kind of I I go two ways on this, you know, because you have teams that concede early and then teams that habitually concede late. And which would you rather be? Well, if you have to pick, you'd rather concede early so you can fix it, right? But then. On the other hand, it's like that to me feels like something is it can't be explained as fitness, which is kind of the easy answer for teams that concede late. It's not really switching off. Like, how do you explain the kind of failure to, to in an otherwise very good defensive team? Which is why I think maybe I'm inclined towards Dales. Maybe it's just we haven't seen enough yet, um, or maybe it's nerves and youth. But it is. Like I say, I think it's less bad than habitually conceding late, but it is something that if it's going to continue as a trend for the season, you've got to start asking questions about, I mean, who are the players even? Because there are some players that are just not really born to start games. Like some players don't respond well to being the first players on the pitch. Like that's just, I think that's an underrated player attribute actually in terms of coaching decisions. Some players should be subs and that's not because they're not good. It's how they play. The super sub theory. Hmm. The, like Kristen Press is the example in the women's game. Like people have a go about why she didn't start for the US women's national team because she wasn't good as a starter. She's great as a sub. Some people don't have that ability to neutralize threats early on or like open the batting as it were in cricket. Mixing metaphors, I love it. Um, in in the actual game, obviously there, there's that first goal. After that, it kind of settled down a bit. No real big opportunities coming for a little bit. But then there was a couple of opportunities. Rufa got a, somehow got a shot in the box. Um, oh, you're shaking your head, H. What's the... Is it is it who it fell to or just... Well, it's just I always say he, tends, he has an unbelievable knack of actually getting the ball to drop to him in really good positions. 
but he just lacks the other knack of sticking it in the goal. In fairness, he has improved that dramatically. He's he's got two now. Cool. <laughs> Dale, you're just smirking away at this. Yeah, I mean, like it fell on the six yard box, but I mean, there was about three defenders in front of him, and yeah, you know. I'm not saying he should have scored it. I'm just saying in general. Yeah, I just thought Pennington's chance before that was a much better mm-hmm. chance. It was like a free hit at the back post, and he kind of hit it like straight into the ground. Yeah, um, that was soon after we conceded, so it would have been nice. But he didn't really, really test the keeper at all from a fairly decent position. Yeah, I. I, I don't think of uh, Pennington as being a particularly strong with his head. I, 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 don't, I don't have any sample size for that. I feel like he's had a couple of couple of chances with his head this season and he's not got them really, really near, near the goal, but I could be wrong on that. Well, there was the one that, that quite noticeable one where he came flashing through late and got a heavy head on it, but it just flashed wide. Um, that's the most memorable one for me. But I, I, he's never struck me when the ball just pops up as a guy that's just going to get his neck on it and just absolutely nail it, you know, 20 yards. He's he's not a strong generator of pace with his head. He's not a he's not a Tim, Tim Brown finisher with his head. You know, he, he used to do those glorious late runs in the box and coast in and, and, and not it. Just smash it. Stationary, stationary keeper. He's, he's, he hasn't quite got that to his game yet. No, well, maybe he needs the head bandage just to just to get the extra grip and spin. Um, or a head injury, you know, to delay I'm the not, run. I'm not wishing a head injury on anyone. <laughs> Certainly it's just like, I look back at those forum. footage of people, like, bound up with all the head tape on. I'm like, you just shouldn't have been playing. Maybe it was just blood. Maybe it's just blood. Um, mm. uh, we, we saw Oscar Zawada getting a bit of a chance uh, not long after Rufus won. It, I, I just didn't get the impression that he thought he was going to score that. Like, he hit it nicely, but it felt, I don't know. I, I can't, again, H vibes. There was a vibe I got. Did you guys see that? Or are you just like, no, no, he's just, it's just one of those things. I thought it was actually quite a decent chance this one. I know like he dragged it, but he like dragged it like the way, some way the way it came. Like you know, he didn't drag it, he didn't shank it near post. He kind of went past the the back post. So yeah, I don't think it was that far away from goal. If he got it like sort of sort of low and hard at the near post, he might have, he might have snuck it in. But I think it probably goes to the, the fact that I think you know, he only played an hour, and I think that was probably his only shot mm-hmm. of the game. I think. Yeah, I mean. Uh... It felt like one of those ones you see someone that just drops to them and they're just not quite confident and just, or it's come to them a bit quickly or whatever it is. They just don't have that, I don't know, almost belief like this isn't where he wanted the ball. Yeah, I mean, it's also like scoring is a habit, right? So when, you know, the hard thing for strikers who come back after a break is rebuilding the habit, the instincts. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if that takes a minute. Maybe that's what, you know, your vibe, maybe that's what the vibe is, that kind of recalibrating period. Yeah, yeah, I certainly felt felt like he was a little bit, not off the pace, but certainly wasn't quite able to get 
in, in himself involved. Um, unfortunately, not long after that, uh, we had, um, as um, you've mentioned, Dale and Dave has as well, a young geek young keeper who has made a lesser error but has cost them quite quite hard um just didn't snaffle it did he did did he have any other options was there a better choice he could have made no i think it i think it's part of that kind of uh you know a striker and a defender have both gone for a header and missed it and and that kind of uncertainty distracting him from you know, yeah from the ball or whatnot um you know i think if you know neither of those players go for it i think he probably claims it quite comfortably i'd say but um fairly fairly decent cross from uh, your friend dan dane ingham uh, frosty i know you're a big fan of him playing it right back oh, I, you know last season i thought it was actually good uh, when he started playing higher up the pitch every other season before that did not think it was that good, but you're right. It was it was it's a good, good cross. delivery because he it creates was. you know it creates that issue for Paulson of it's coming from behind bodies. It's dropping right on his glove, like you know it's just a good right in the mixer, as the person at Pottedoo Park was repeatedly yelling on the Sunday. Classics, but kind of yeah, like no. another one of those kind of like like half chances that could quite easily just fall into our defender, you know, and we we hook it clear. Like you know, you think about that. Yeah, in previous games, uh, with that one cleared off the line, right? You know, where the ball fell to uh, Kelly Heald and he kicked it to Paulson, who then cleared it straight after, you know, like, that's the kind of equivalent thing where it worked out for us that time. This time, it just fell to one of their players where, you know, on another day, it could quite easily have fallen to, you know, the defender and we wouldn't be talking about it. What troubled me about this was Sermon coming for that ball not getting to it and missing it by that much because he was he was obviously looking to nail it out on that near post and he's he's missed the ball completely so even if he had just been slightly off he would have been effectively nodding it into his own box he's normally pretty accomplished with his head so did i did find it quite weird that without any kind of without the striker really on him he's missed by that much I don't think he missed by that much. I mean, in some ways, you know, like there's only so much ground you can make to you know, get to a header. Um, I, I wonder if, if I, I don't, I don't know. I wonder if, if Paulson had given an earlier clear allow whether he might have been able to lean on the defender and, and kind of use his body to push him out of the way and give a, a clearer space rather than sort of trying to put a last, you know, last touch on it. Because I mean, even if he got to it, quite quite easy to put it in the back of the net. So. Um, yeah, maybe yeah, a more experienced defender who's got a bit of awareness of what's behind him. He maybe just leans on the defender a bit more to to kind of ship him out of the out of the way rather than than feeling the need to to do it all himself. Yeah, was it um was he in the wrong position there? Because it felt to me like he was very much near side and he'd gotten caught out. And I didn't think the run, like I didn't think the attacker had kind of made a bit of a different run and sneaked in behind him. I thought it was just two guys just going straight for the ball and that was it. I don't recall the precise ins and outs. Uh, unless you give me a freeze frame right now. I, I don't know if he's, yeah, woefully, I don't think he was woefully out of out of position. I think he was just, maybe just, yeah, I don't know, just went for it and missed it. 
I think. I wasn't yeah. struck, you know, like watching. I wasn't like, mm, he's got that way wrong positionally, you know? So it kind of mean, you know, it wasn't like egregiously bad, I think. That's what I'd say. And that is the nature of that position, right? That is this, this just happens. Mm. Yeah, like um, statistically, you're going to make that error. Like that just is, it's unfortunate when it costs you. It's the same as Paulson, like absolutely was going to shell one. Yeah, this is, this is the A-League, I guess. Um, it's so it's um, these things happen. Just before you move on, actually what I did know after that is I, I, you know, I talked a couple of weeks ago about how like there seems to be a real enthusiasm amongst the back line as soon as someone does well. There's like, you know, massive high fives and whatnot. With this goal, there was just like nothing. No one gave like Paulson a, you know, a tap on the head and said, no worries. You know, it was kind of like he's kind of left there to kind of stew in his, stew in his mistake while everyone trotted back to halfway. I thought that was quite, I don't know whether that was, yeah, to read anything into that, but I just thought it was quite noticeably different than previous weeks. Well, it, it does, I think, maybe even play into that next goal. Only came three minutes later. We saw Finn Sermon and Scott Wooten both go sliding in on an attacker in the box. I, I'm going to call it, Either one of them doing it was a penalty. Both of them doing it was bordering on farcical. But maybe it was that lack of trust, bit of desperation, just... God, those two challenges were bad. The the one challenge by two people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, that is nasty. Like, looking at it as a striker, like, bloody hell, they've chopped... They have chopped that dude in half. Yeah, I think it was made worse by the fact that it's two large boys going through him at almost the same angle, but slightly different. And it's yeah, yeah. I mean, it's made worse by what it is. You know, like it is yeah. what it is. Like that's the, that's how they defend. Like those are the people that they are. I just oh, I really didn't like it because I saw you know at the time I was because I didn't watch the game live. Confession. I saw this discourse about a penalty and I just, you know, as a Knicks fan, I was like, mm, well, how do we get shafted this time? And then I saw the footage. I was like, oh, my God, that's horrendous. It didn't speak to a, a discipline and trust in the system. So maybe, Dale, that's what you're talking about there. They just, they were off their game. They weren't feeling like what they were supposed to be doing was working or they were out of alignment or whatever it was. And then all of a sudden, two of them going in making these very rash challenges seems like more than a coincidence. Yeah, I think I think mate, I can't remember who made the worst tackle, but I think if if the lesser tackle was the only one, we might have got away with it because the ball goes quite far away and ends up in Paulson's hands. And I think you, you know, in a referee, if you you could probably make a case to say it hasn't really affected the game, even if you've kind of cleaned them up a little bit late. It's like those times where you like have a woeful shot, goes out, but you get cleaned up afterwards and they kind of say, well, the play's moved on. It's just incredibly frustrating about the timing of it, like just after half time, you know, and that's pretty much the done, the game done. But I guess also just the, I guess at the time you found it was a necessary, you know, lunge to make, but given how heavy the touch was afterwards, like on reflection, it actually like they could just left him alone, and we would have been fine. But you obviously, don't know when that when that happens. But as a centre back, leaving your feet in the box is 
at best a very fraught choice. Two of you doing it. Um, so one of, one of you is out of position, right? And both of you going in on that, there's no talking, there's no, yeah, there's, there's nothing good in the, the organisation there and then a bit of, actually a lot of just poor decision making. Um, good penalty though. Very good penalty. Um, Paulson guessed the right way. I think he even guessed kind of high. But, damn, it was just hit well, hit far away, right? Nothing you can do. I mean, that's... that's uh, if you're going to concede one, conceding it to that is probably uh, the lesser of the evils for a, for a keeper, isn't it, Dale? Uh, yeah, yeah, fairly close to... Unless you'd taken a good step to that... To that side before you even taking it i think you know you not many people are saving that just well hurt and like at a you know on the upper the upper half of the goal you know just in height wise which makes it a little bit more harder to kind of get across your reach isn't it that far up, up that way so yeah even if he even if he had another step in there i don't even think he'd get anywhere near it yeah he, um paulson strikes me as not one of those keepers with the longer arms than you think he's just there are, you know, the some of those keepers that just seem to have go-go gadget arms. He is not one of those things. He's normally the predictor. We saw Chiefy make a whole bunch of changes over the next few minutes. Ben Old coming on, Sam Sutton coming on, Altay and Kelly Heald coming off. Not too surprising, you would think. And we also saw Oscar Zavada going off and David Ball coming on. The, certainly, um, old and Sutton brought a sense of urgency to this. Um, was that something that was lacking, or was it just like it's three nil? We got nothing to lose here. Um, it's the kind of the same substitutions we've seen just about every week for the last you know, month or so. It's the same same players, but they were very the early. Time. Oh, fifty five minutes. It's, oh, it's maybe, a lot maybe, earlier maybe than a, normal. Maybe a five or ten minutes earlier. Yeah. I, yeah, I think just at that point you're like, well, what else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? I think you know, I'll gives you a bit more. Um, I think I think both substitutions give you a bit more attacking wise. I think Kelly Hield's, you know, crossing and delivery is not particularly great. Alte is obviously a much more defensive midfielder, so bringing on Old, who's who, who plays a bit higher up, and Sutton, who I think is, um, you know, has a bit bit more ability, just kind of beat a player and deliver a decent cross I think it's probably not a surprising a surprising change the Zawada one was interesting because he'd got absolutely smushed by the goalkeeper not long before didn't he and then he got he got tackled again and went off and he didn't even like try to sort of walk it off he was like as soon as he's down he just gave it the big you know roll the fingers I'm going off and, and trotted off in a very kind of somewhat frustrated perhaps I think Chibi said afterwards he got he'd had a contusion in his thigh I don't know, is that like bruising or something? I don't know what that is. Yeah, is it's that like, like a, a very, when you have a hard in, impact, like a deep bruise. Oh, okay. A Charlie nasty. Mm, Not nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so I thought, I thought, because of the way he did it, I thought it maybe hurt his like calf or his groin again. So um, maybe a, a deep bruise is actually not a bad, bad injury to have, but he looked a bit frustrated, I think, by that point in the game. Yeah, yeah, that's understandable. I mean, uh, if you're feeling a little off and you're down three nil and you can't affect it, it's probably. Uh, I mean, I think everyone rough. was a little bit frustrated by then, right? Like it was. Yeah, 
Yeah, it did definitely feel a bit like the um, Crive situation not long after Zawada went off, where he had an opportunity to shoot and probably should have, but decided he was going to try and square it. He he didn't seem like he wanted to force the issue. And I think like there wasn't even really anyone to square it to. Like I think he just assumed someone was there, mm. um, and, and maybe you know they the attacking patterns assumes someone's meant to meant to be running in that spot but it wasn't like someone was open wide and he just like mishit the pass it was like he just squared it to no one <laughs> he kind of dribbled across the 18 yard box and they are kind of cleared it uh, like and he was in a like a fairly good position to like to shoot like i don't think hmm. know, like i i was it. sure he was going to have a crack and you know at least get it on target but that's that square ball you're talking about, that to me screams he's expecting someone running from deep in the midfield to absolutely stick their laces through it, and there just wasn't anyone there. It, it's a shame. I thought it was actually the right, you know, if you're not going to shoot, that was the right ball. But there just wasn't anyone there. I mean, is is that a um, an expectation you'd have from your your particular shape, or is that just a... In my, you know, in Cryev's head, that's the run that he would be expecting to make. Um, I guess, I guess we've seen us score a few goals like that. Notably, when Davis Ball kind of gets in his positions and he, he kind of squares it a bit more. But normally, it's Cryev on the run. Yes, or maybe he's like, yes, this is exactly what he's trying to return the favour. But I guess that kind of sums out sums up the game, right? Like good position, sort of bad choice, and then like long after, you know, Payne hits the post um you know their one hits the post and goes in else hits the post and goes out you know like it's they kind of that two minutes kind of sums up i think the the kind of game we kind of just knew a late burst was probably not coming at that stage what what i found interesting is re-watching it again the the um the impetus that guys like van haddam and old and Tim Payne were trying to inject in that final third, and I, I thought that was really good. But obviously, with Tim Payne, he's having to he's having played a whole game, backing up after playing a whole game last week in the All Whites and everything. After he took that shot and it came off the post, the look on his face was just, "Oh God, I've just run all this way, I've just hit the cover off it, it's gone out, oh the ball's bounced out." Oh God, I've got to run back. Just, I felt so sorry for the guy. He just turned around and was like, I don't know if I can even get back there, let alone get that back there in time. Yeah, I mean, we talked like a couple of weeks ago about him getting higher positions and having like more chances this season than he has probably in the four seasons or three seasons mm. before. And, you know, that's another one where, you know, another another day he'd, he'd be, you know, having a couple of goals this season already. Well, he's he's had a couple off the post already this season, hasn't he? That's the second one, I think. I can't remember another one. Yeah, I think that, I think that yeah. might be right. I mean, that's not too bad for one of your fullbacks who we've always considered quite defensive. Um, he's good at putting his laces through it. I guess from here, up against MacArthur, um, who are now the surprise leader. I'm, I'm going to say surprise leaders um, of the A-League. Um, I did not see them uh, coming up the inside rail from behind. They have sneaked up in there, haven't they? It's kind of a weird old season, isn't it? 
it feels like there's a definite top half and a definite bottom half. Not a whole lot of sharing around. There are some teams that have been stinking up the joint, but a few that have been kind of doing okay. Uh, Brisbane being one, and, and yet we stuck five goals on them. Um, MacArthur, who didn't start the season well and have just they're now top of the table. Um, the Wanderers, who were looking for all money like they were going to be top two and the last two games have just dropped off a bit. It, yeah, it could get quite interesting. Um, obviously, uh, against MacArthur, there's no such thing as an away game. Uh, <laughs> what? It's, it's legit. Just a good gag. We're so defensive. Yeah. So uh, it's a Monday night game? Yeah, Monday night yeah game? they've got a, a ASC Cup game on Thursday night away from home. So they pushed our game back for them to get back for that. They're playing. Mm, okay. They're already qualified for the next round, so I can't imagine them sending um, any of their decent players, unfortunately. Yeah, oh, it's fair. Their squad isn't exactly big. Um, but also... It's Monday night. I don't think it'll affect the fan fan numbers too much. Um, what are the um, must fixes and improves for the men's team before they play MacArthur? Obviously, with Clayton Lewis and Devere there, that defence in that middle third and final third has got to be sharper. Uh what else has to be fixed? Does anything else have to be fixed apart from Chiefy just going, you did nothing wrong, turn around, go again? H, come on, you must have an opinion. About what we have to fix? I mean, mm. I don't know if we did nothing wrong, right? There's always stuff you can tighten up, like put the ball on the right side of the post, like catch ball when crossed in. You know, there are fine margins, it's fine tuning. I don't know what's about as fitness is going to be like but you know i think we have lacked a bit of x factor just in general i'd like to see someone kind of come to life a little bit and really start sparking the attack but it's just football right it's a league fine tune try not to make the same mistakes you made last week right so you think it's as simple as just the small fixes there's nothing drastic or it's a really hard team to kind of make that comment about. I feel I constantly feel like what Dale said, like I don't have a sample size. Like I, I still can't really make head or tail of them. Like, and I say this despite being like a Knicks fan and watching them, but they are an un, they're quite an unusual team this season. Enigmatic, even. Mm. Which I enjoy, but it means I make no predictions. I just strap myself in and see where the roller coaster takes me. Dale, how do you kind of see this? Is it are there any specifics that you would be focusing on if you were chiefing? Well, I'm I'm just surprised that like a team that has a starting centre back of Ashropodomides and Uzgok are still unbeaten this season. I I don't know how that's that's possible. Like they're not particularly great centre back pairing. Yeah, they've only conceded nine goals this season. So. Yeah, maybe the I haven't watched a lot of their games. Um, obviously, last weekend they won two 0 Sydney had relied on Adrian Redmayne getting sent off in the fifteen minutes, so they played almost the entire game with an extra man, and, and still somehow only had forty percent possession. And 
were mostly outshot as well. So um, it won the game two 0 So maybe they're they're running a bit of bit of luck in some of their games. Um, and yeah, maybe maybe we've got a little bit of a chance. Yeah, you know, I think you know as long as we can keep you know Davila reasonably quiet, um, Lewis a little bit quiet, then yeah, I think a slot where a lot of their attack comes through, isn't it? Isn't it? So if we can keep them keep them reasonably contained and, and us having three somewhat defensive midfielders in there probably helps in that respect. Hmm. Well, hopefully. Um, let's pivot across to the women's game uh, played in Porirua on the Sunday at 4pm. Uh, it was a little bit um, breezy, so we say, H? It wasn't the wind that was the issue. It was atmospherically cold. It was just cold. It was just cold. I was shivering. I was literally shivering, shivering, and Dale was mean to me about it. Dale, were you mean? Uh, possibly. <laughs> I, I don't recall. I had, I had I had like four layers on, and <laughs> Dave spotted this. I had four layers on. Dave had spotted this guy who was standing on the fence line who was in T-shirt, shorts, and jandals. <laughs> and I was like, how is this dude dealing mm. with this? It was like 12 degrees or something. Yeah, it's certainly a, a little bit of a wind chill. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it because um, my son's football got postponed and then cancelled 30 minutes before the start of the game. Thanks, Tony. But a very, very um, eventful start, I think, is a nice way of putting it. Um, what the hell happened? I thought we were going to get rolled after that first 15. I said to my, I turned to my friend and I said, I am so sorry. I have brought you to a game in which we are going to get dismantled. Because I just thought that they looked bad. A bit all over the place. Yeah, bad. Really bad. Um, which they, they genuinely haven't looked bad at all before. They've looked a bit average, a bit shaky, but they looked bad. Um, and I was like, oh my God, this is a victory team that's got real quality. And we've just conceded early and we're going to ship five. Yeah, I mean, we only had one starting in the back line that was the same as previous weeks, right? Like, Davidson was the only mm. one there. So, um, like like I say, we looked just com- completely, you know, just all over the show, really. Like, centre-backs not near, near each other. Like, the back line wasn't, you know, square. Like, just, just things, basic things. And, um, yeah, I guess with, with a new centre-back pairing and a, and a new left-back, maybe that's kind of like to be expected and, and you know, they had two good chances before they even scored, um, and, mm. and if, you'd, you know, if they'd taken a couple, you know, both of those, they would have been probably well out of sight before we even got settled into the game, which we eventually did. I mean, they didn't score off like us. You no, know, the thing is, they actually scored off like sort of set PC things, which is interesting because they could have, they should have really taken us apart a lot more. So I think it was like you say, it was a it was a lucky escape that gave us the opportunity to kind of claw our way back into oh. it. Which they did admirably. What I found kind of weird was that, like, that wind was so strong. Normally, those are the games. As soon as the ball goes in the air, it's just no one gets anywhere near it. No one gets an opportunity. But there were a lot of opportunities in the air. In fact, nearly all of them, I think, were in the air to heads. Um, Yeah, our inability to deal with crosses I found very concerning. I mean, obviously, with Lake in there, uh, replacing Mackenzie Barry, um, that's a bit of a, with no disrespect, a bit of a step down. Mackenzie Barry has been very strong for 
the Knicks um, for quite a while, and Lakers are inexperienced. But I thought that Kate Taylor would, you know, would shore that up a bit. But maybe just not having enough practice, there was a bit of an issue. So who else? So we had Foster missing left back, Mackenzie Barry missing at centre back, Vandermeer missing at centre back, obviously with that ACL. Kate Taylor obviously having moved from defensive mid and Longo playing in her place. Uh, Maine and Fraser in the middle. Maine obviously coming in for Chloe Knott. Uh, Kelly Brown playing on the left uh, instead of Manaya Elliott. Yeah, this was just a crazy game. Like three goals inside 30 minutes. Lots of other chances. Two goals going to the team that didn't look all that flash for the most part. Um Bit of a controversial uh, first goal, wasn't it? Um, do we think that yeah. Speckmeyer was over the line? Um, Piney was was quite adamant that she was fine. I mean, so we know that the whole ball has to go out, right? And, you know, this is such a this is my winger soapbox, but that is the rule. And you know, I saw the victory coach talk about it. I saw lots of people say, "Oh, the ref should have seen it," but no one could really, other than the lino, make that decision if the whole ball was out and the line I said it's in, I thought mm, she's probably got away with it. Cause it doesn't matter where she is. doesn't matter where 99.9% of the ball is. It matters if there's even a fragment that is on the line. And you think about that <sighs> Japan in the world yeah. cup had one that they ruled in and it was literally like a tiny slither of the ball was in. So I think, you know, on that reasoning, I think I'm inclined to think she was fine and it's an excellent piece of aerial work from, from her kind of salvage that wasn't a great ball no it uh certainly got caught by the wind if you're going to hang it up that high in that kind of wind it's it's liable to keep going um as much as we said that it wasn't the best delivery god forbid i was watching it going would that even i think it was breslin taking it wasn't it because foster was off yeah I mm, would I yeah. would have settled for Breslin taking it ahead of um, Pennington's corners. By the way, his his oh, corners on the Saturday atrocious. were atrocious. Oh, he was just space finder. All right, you too. Oh, I I fucking hate corners taken like that. <laughs> Hits it properly. So Manai, uh, not Manai. Well, I thought it was. In my opinion, this was a bit of a moon ball, which kind of irritated me. Which is why I say that Breslin, not Breslin, God, Speckmeyer did mm. well to kind of sell which chance. And then I thought that I initially thought that Taylor was going to just cannon it off the crossbar. And I was like, Oh Jesus Christ, it's going to be one of those days, but no big day for center backs as it turned out. It was, it was, um, it was almost a very big day for Kelly Brown too. She has certainly stuck her laces well, through that. I mean, well, it's a carbon copy of the Finland goal from the under 17 world cup. Like it literally is. Almost the same spot. It's the same turn and hit. Oh, yeah. It's gone. If it had gone in, it would have gone in the exact same way. Like, she she got it, and I said to my friend, she's going to shoot top right. But let's be fair. I mean, if you can crack them like that. And then, oh, I mean, yeah. absolutely. Um, you know, I don't I don't think she was a great best game in other respects, but that was a bit of quality that eventually created, you know, in a manner, in a way, created a goal. So, mm. well, I, I thought that maybe if the wind hadn't been up so much, it would have curled just that little bit more and just dropped in that corner. But in the end, a nice little follow up um, for it was Emma Main, wasn't it? 
nice, nice, yeah. simple little uh, nod in. Good chasing up. Good, good, um, good basics. Um, and somehow nicking, nicking a two-one uh, lead when it didn't really look like it was going to be. Is that is that a fair judgment? I don't know exactly when it happened, but we started to get a bit more of a foot in the game before that point. Like, like I didn't feel like there was a like we'd gone down the other end twice and scored twice. I know we hadn't probably created that many chances, but it felt like we were starting to get a, an even hand in that game um, by that point. So, mm. and, and you know, to be fair, probably for the rest of the game, we were probably marginally better than, than victory. I think um, from about mm. I don't know maybe twenty-ish minutes onwards. Um, without being you know dominant or anything like that, but it did feel we, um, yeah, found our feet a bit more and and you know maybe the defensive, um, you know, unit was a bit more solid and it gave us a bit more of a, a platform to build from. There was a lot of times where we'd kind of win the ball and then almost give it straight back because we'd looked a bit kind of confused or lost or people weren't really finding space. But um, yeah, we started to look definitely started to look quite better by that stage. Well, yeah, there was certainly uh, there's a lot of bringing those football ferns on. Um, so we saw uh, who came on uh, Mackenzie Barry, Foster, Wynnum, and Elliot. That's that's not a bad wee roster to bring on. I mean, yes, but I th- I thought the player that actually I think catalyzed the turnaround was McMeekin, um, best I've ever seen yeah. her play, and she just dominated her opposite number. Um, absolutely had her in her pocket and I think that gave them a platform and she can do such a power of work she's such an athlete but her time in the academy is actually really fine-tuned that technical side so I thought she was really the platform that they actually kind of clawed their way back into this game from and obviously I thought Wynnum was quite good when she came on obviously bringing on football ferns caliber is, is useful but I thought McMeekin deserved a lot of credit for the whole performance, not just mm. her own. Well, we saw McMeekin play really well a couple of seasons ago in Australia. Just a really, really good athlete. Um, but just couldn't quite kick on with the technical side. So, yeah, 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 it's a good, really good call out. Um, you mentioned Wynnum there, uh, who has played the wind beautifully for that through ball on with, for Speckmeyer. Yeah, that, uh, careful with that eye roll. That was pretty drastic, H. You, you could hurt yourself. <laughs> this was, you know, five minutes before the end. This is the one you want dropping to your to your goal scorer, to your, your nine. She didn't get it on target at all, did she? Uh, into the wind and thought she'd go top corner. This That feels very rookie to me. Like, surely this is the one where you roll bottom corner right. Yeah, I mean, the keeper's not moved, too. Yeah, because the keeper's, like, actually, when I think about it, really, the keeper, I don't think the keeper would even set themselves properly, um, which is bad. Like, I think that's not good. I don't know much about goalkeeping, but I feel like the keeper was kind of a little bit at sea. And I just remember saying in my head, just, just side foot it, side foot it, side foot it. And then she skied it, and I was like, oh, that's what I would have done, and that's how I know it probably yeah, wasn't the right choice. Yeah, we've seen, we've seen that from a, a couple of times <clears throat> from her this season, it, like where she's she's through on goal, gets the penalty box, and goes, all right, I need to shoot now, rather than kind of try to drag that keeper out, make the keeper make a, a commit to something, and then either, you know, side foot it around them or, or take a touch or, or something. She kind of feels like she just rushes her, her chances a little bit. She commits very early, doesn't she? Yeah. 
which, you know, compare the victory second goal and how cleanly and smoothly that was taken. Touch around the keeper, which you can, you know, maybe Foster should do better, but touch around the keeper and then slot. You know, I think that's quite a stark comparison, actually. Respect why I didn't look like a nine in that in that moment. Mm. Look like a midfielder with altitude sickness. She's, as you mentioned, though, she, she does feel like she's got a bit of the yips when she gets past that that uh, defensive line. Is this the sort of situation, like, obviously this is her her natural position. She should be kind of more accomplished at this. Is she just not used to getting these, I don't want to call them simple shot opportunities. Is the... Uh, is it the NWSL in the US? Do you not get those sorts of opportunities? Oh, no. That, see, that to me is that's what's really interesting about it. It's because that is the kind of chance that you get in the American leagues because they play they play kick and run in the most respectful way possible. Like, it is just – it's route one. They prize being an athlete. They're trying to get a striker in behind one-on-one. Like, that's the, the most common chance in the NWSL. That said, Speckmeyer did not play a huge amount for the Spirit. She scored, like, one ridiculous, like, worldly banger from, like, way, like, the car park, essentially. Um, but otherwise, like, really struggled for game time there. So she wasn't having that, What you know, Sophia Smith, for example, has probably four one-on-ones a game at least. But she's playing week in, week out. So I think that's that balance, you know, like when you're when you're a starting striker and you're often playing 90 minutes, you're actually going to be one-on-one quite a bit, especially in the A-League, which is also quite a route one league, um, although not with Temple Ball, I suppose. But I thought that was a nice change when I'm playing a well-weighted through ball through. Yeah, I, I thought she uh, she did that beautifully. I mean, almost held up too much. Spec Meyer had to check her run slightly, but... Man, that's that, that's a beautiful read of of conditions for mine. Um, didn't speak to a um, a player that hadn't seen a whole lot of game time either. She's a funny kind of player, eh? Like every time yeah. I watch her, like I feel like she looks like she's running around with gumboots on. Like she just looks very ponderous, and I don't know whether she just got that look about her, <laughs> or whether like you know some people just look fast or look slow, and I I can't quite tell whether what it is but that's so real she just you're watching she just, she just looks like she's really struggling to get around the field even though she's just common we kind of look at some other players who kind of glide across the, the grass but yeah i mean good that you know she obviously has has finally had a chance and and um sean you know she can play some decent balls you know we've seen that in the previous couple of um couple of seasons um be interesting to see whether that leads to you know more game time whether they you know try play her and um uh fraser as a you know dual tens yeah. or something like that um to try and get us a bit more kind Oof. of attacking fluidity um because at the moment we... That would... we haven't even spoken about the new signing isabel cox who uh, by the sound of it plays up up top as well and i'm not it sounded almost like she played either nine or ten i'm a bit no, she's a winger. She's the wingerest winger. Is she? Like, real, the, real wide player. The way she talked herself up was definitely not a winger. No, she said she said anywhere across the front three. I think she said. Yeah, but that's a very American. Like, oh God, this is you know, I spend my life almost getting cancelled by American <laughs> women's soccer Twitter. But like, 
Um, it's on your Twitter. The reality of the American, the reality of the American style of play is that they s- stick six wingers on the pitch and then like a decent centre back, and they find some people to stick in fullback, and they have a good keeper. Like that is the ideal American squad builders. They have just they favour a winger of an athlete, someone who's fast. They'll they'll wear not having great technical skills. Like that's just the way that they've been. Yes, UNC where Cox went to school is a bit different. Like it's a little bit more like what I think Temple's trying to model. So lots of rondos, lots of small sides, crazy intense training, real technical emphasis. But interestingly enough, the way that they play is still very ranging, very athletic, very wide player oriented. So even if you're playing through the middle in that system, I don't think that we and the football environment that we exist in are going to look at how she plays and go, oh, yeah, you're a true 10 or a true 9. So so you'd expect to see her more um, playing wide? Well, we'll find out where she gets played, but I think she'll be most effective wide. She's very quick. Um, you know, she's like I say, she's technically proficient because no one comes out of UNC if they're not. Um, but to me as well, like – You've got Macy Fraser, you've got Flea. You would normally have Kate Taylor anchoring that midfield. That's a midfield of true technicians, of true creatives. Don't stick anyone else in there. Like, have that pace in front of them. Yeah, I, I think this um, the signing kind of reflects maybe some, maybe sure disappointment the right word, but maybe a lack of productivity coming out of the wingers. Like, I know Main scored in the weekend, but... Um, her and Elliot haven't really been able to lock down which one of them is, you know, the best of them. Um, like they haven't exactly shown. At times they've shown glimpses of quality, but I wouldn't say for you know long periods of time at all. Breslin's kind of been kind of on and off as well. You know, like there's maybe what you know Temple expected from them hasn't been quite lived up to expectations, and and you know thinking perhaps we need another body in there that. Um, even if um, Speak My goes down, maybe she can kind of fill in there as well, uh, or Kelly Brown can fit in there. Like, yeah, um, quite similar. Someone who can, who can play a couple of, you know, fill in a, in a couple of spots and and try to give some more competition for the. Oh, for sure, it's a good bit of business. It's clever, right? Because she's like a good enough athlete to play in a lot of positions, but she wasn't, at least by my memory. Like, I watched quite a lot of college soccer. You wouldn't say she's prolific at UNC, like. And there are prolific people at UNC, but she was more of a kind of enabler, good athlete, good engine, good pace, does well on physical testing, yeah. et cetera. So I think it might be one of those kind of like, it's a good, she's a good player to have in your squad. But I don't know if she's going to fix, you know, the fact that maybe we want the goals to come from more sources. I don't know if she's the answer to that, but we'll see. Is Apparently there's another import coming, right? Or another signing in A-League. Someone with A-League experience or something is what was said. That's good. It's gone. It's gone very quiet on on that on that front. Yes, so yeah, maybe I'll. Yeah, you you had your theories, Dale. Well, I was hoping Hassett Hassett would turn up on the back from the Ferns camp straight on to signing on the Friday, but it clearly hasn't happened. So, um, I'd go back. Maybe to she it. had to go home and pick up her stuff. Well, yeah, hopefully Isabel Cox. Like as you're talking about her like output, like her back score on her uh, on her college website has she collecting zero goals and zero assists in the season. So. Oh, thank um, God. I was like, I'm so sure that she's not prolific, but now I'm feeling stressed about it. <laughs> yeah. 
I think she was in her first couple of years, but um, I think she, I, she didn't start many games, so I'm coming off the bench a lot. But um, I wouldn't say, yeah, just say prolific. Um, yeah, I mean, she'll be a but, good professional, right? Like if there's something that UNC churns out, there's people that know how to train, that are technical because they do, like they have unbelievably intense technical training. She'll like be a good athlete, be a good engine, but, you know, if they want goals out of her, I'm not sure that, well, we'll see, right? Because some of the Americans turn up and just cut a sway through the A League. So she could be one of those, like a Hannah Keane, who just the A League is the A League is the right place for her. Um, but we'll see. It's an interesting signing. I like that he's. It's really making me feel like all my years of watching college soccer might actually have had a purpose. <laughs> you know, you know, well, if not... you keep this up, you might be scouting for yeah. teams. Ring me, Paul Temple. I'll do it. Get me out of this law career that I've accidentally wound up in. You are way too young to have a midlife I've crisis been about your career. A life crisis since I was like ten, possibly earlier. Like I became conscious and I was like, mm, "Crisis." Okay, <laughs> this might not be the forum to deal with that, but what do you mean? Is this this whole forum is a one sort of protracted crisis? Being a Knicks fan, what is being a Knicks fan if not being in crisis? That has been pointed out to me this week. The uh, Knicks women's game, uh, next one will be on Saturday at 7.30pm in Adelaide against, obviously, Adelaide, uh, who are not doing a tremendous... uh, effort when it comes to this season uh, mired at the bottom only on two points this season and a significant goal difference a negative goal difference against I don't want to say gimme but surely Temps has got to be saying hey we need three points and a bit of a goal difference from this one yeah but you know the next in, in Adelaide yeah I think I read like something they have like won one game in 20 something I guess dating back to last season as well. So, yeah, I mean, you'd like to bank three points, but, you know, because it's always the how players deal with travel and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I think there's cause for hope because I do think the Knicks were probably a bit rattled on Sunday after a big week. Like, so maybe they'll kind of bounce back. A lot of players missing. And, like, some drama. And then, obviously, you know, actually, like, we shouldn't – I don't think this is actually – really talked about enough about the ACL thing. It's like, it's really traumatic for not just the player, but the players around them. Like when you play women's football, the constant fear is like, am I going to be the next person to take a step into my ACL? So when your teammate goes down and warm up and does their ACL, that's going to have a big impact on the players in that group that have done their ACL and the players that haven't. And are thinking, when am I next? You know, so they had a big week to come back from and they managed that all right against a good victory team. So hopefully they'll just mm. keep on the up because that's a good show of resilience actually probably is the angle that we haven't talked about it enough from. That was a hard week. Yeah, valid actually. This will be a, a good test for their mental fortitude and uh, Temps' ability to get them back up again. Um, yeah, you've met, you kind of glossed over Chloe not skipping out mm. as well. That's gonna... Yeah, I mean, she's the vice captain, you know, like that's <laughs> that's big. And your skipper was off on football ferns, would have been missing all of those trainings as well. With your vice yeah. captain, Mickey Foster. Flea stayed. 
Oh, right. I thought she went on the squad. Sorry. Which is, you know, it must have been like, thank God she stayed. (laughs) Because what a big week. And those are young, you know, that's still a young team. Macy had been sick, so they're coming off a bit of an absence and missing out on first Ferns call-up. That sucks. So just lots going on, like Mm. lots going on, lots to be dealing with. So it's impressive in a way that they got a point against victory. You know, tell us that two years, a year ago. Yeah. They yeah. were like, oh, it's just a point against victory. It's like, oh, my God, what world are we living in? So hopefully they go smash Adelaide. God forbid we point out that uh, Macy Fraser, her confidence has not been harmed at all. That 40-odd metre shot with the wind behind her back. And it didn't miss by much. Not me saying, like, loudly in the section of the standards. And I was like, oh, I think this is too far even for Macy. And then she overhit it. And I was like, oh, Christ. It was a hell of a tailwind, to be fair, but it, it, if it was a... F- he said to her, do it, you know, you could see her kind of laughing to the bench because he clearly said just... Have a go. Yeah, yeah. Th- Those are tough conditions to be a keeper, I reckon, with the wind going around like that and you just don't know where the ball is going to take it. Well, they're going to go from, what, like 10 degrees to however hot it's going to be in Adelaide, so... Yeah, well, wait and see. Um, God bless and keep. Yeah. Well, hopefully they go out and smash them. Uh, so that is the men's game on Monday night. Uh, I think it's at 9 o'clock New Zealand time. Women's game on the Saturday at 7.30pm. So uh, you'll be huddled around your TV with a, with a little coffee to keep you warm, I'm sure. H is smiling like... No, Not me, I'll be in Auckland. Yep. You need an umbrella then. Yep. Yep. And possibly a boat for the flooding. Yeah, true that. But I think that that is probably where we'll leave it. It is, we've just ticked over the hour mark, and I'm sure Dale wants to go to bed before midnight tonight after his fantastic editing job. Makes me look good, <laughs> Dale. Makes oh, me look good. Yep. Your check hasn't cleared yet, Frosty. Yeah, well, that's because no one uses checks anymore, Dale. Aren't you old enough still to be using checks? Oh, I wish, mate. I found an old checkbook, and it, you know how that has the year on it? It had 19 as the start. <laughs> that had been in the bottom of a box for a while. I don't... I was born in 1999. Well, I... Just thought I'd add this in at this juncture. A check is a piece of paper where you promise to pay someone. I know what a check is. <laughs> I have seen a checkbook. In the museum. Okay, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks for listening. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back with six more points and a good smashing for Adelaide. Uh, thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>